podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Pink, it is the post-match show. There's a million ways to do post-match shows. You can go wherever you want. Sadio Mane, Paul Senior, has scored his 100th Premier League goal. He's got some of them with his right foot, some of them with his left foot, some of them as a header. He is a f- remarkable footballer, and you see it tonight in that finish. He is tremendous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't, I can't, can't disagree with any of that. Firstly, what, what a goal to get your hundredth coming back from injury. It's one of the. It's, it's a great underrated finish, isn't it? The mm. way he drills it bottom corner well, like it's, that. It's not. It's not really a chance, but he's managed to get himself in between the defenders, take a remarkable touch that was pure athleticism, and rifle it past Tim Cruz near post in in a way where you can, you can't even argue that the goalkeeper's a fault. So what a goal! What a footballer and. Maybe, maybe the, the argument where Jordan Henderson is clearly the player of the year still could swing, the pendulum could swing back towards Sadio. It feels like that that sort of um, momentum is with Jordan Henderson because Liverpool haven't got much to play for now in the Premier League, which is a lovely saying to say. But um, yeah, I think Sadio Mane, it's, it's big goals from a big, big game player and a bit of player who likes big moments. So I felt a big moment. I felt Paul just to come back to you one more time before he went off injured and before the winter break. I felt he was just going a little bit off the boil. But what that forgets is how important he'd be up to that point when mm-hmm. he begins to go off the boil. I think that Salah had come alive. Firmino scoring massive goals, but it's Sadio Mane who drags this club through autumn towards where they are now. And where they are now is a staggering place. Played twenty six, one twenty five, drawn one. Sadio Mane's autumn is incredible and if his spring is as good as his autumn was then Liverpool can win everything that's the perks of having the uh, title wrapped up in winter Neil isn't it that you don't you're not judging them on a full season but yeah what, I mean yeah he was autumn and that's the time where Jordan Henderson wasn't in great form either I think that's one to be said but yeah what 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 a, what a footballer and he hadn't even been on the pitch long had he and it's the moments of the game maybe alongside Alison Becker's save and yeah, there's, there's only so much you can say about him because he seems to be getting better still. Kiva, it's just a terrific substitute performance from him. He comes off the bench. He's so lively. He's so direct. He's, you know, Oxley chamberlain didn't play poorly. This is an important thing to say. He doesn't play poorly, but Sadio Mane carries three, four, five times more threat. Absolutely. You saw that as soon as he come on his stride. Just looked like he was taking about three metres just with one go. Um, he was well. He was on the pitch for about a minute. It was more than that. We know that. But you know, he's gone home now with the man of the match award for a superb touch and just the the kind of touch that was missing throughout the game. You know, the wind did obviously play a big factor. I'm sure you're going to have a something to say about that because it literally was probably the windiest game ever. Um, but the, the the touch was just gone from everyone. You've seen it from Trent, even Rob on you know on the wings just trying, but everything seemed to go away. Even Cater who had a brilliant game, there just wasn't that final Salah. There wasn't you know that something there. And then Sadio comes on, and what within a few minutes he's he's got that moment. But Paul mentioned there the pendulum swinging maybe to Sadio. It was Jordan Henderson who swung that ball mm-hmm. in. You know which this game you sort of thought. You were sort of looking at Jordan thinking, oh, what are you doing here, lads? You know, <laughs> we want you to be the PFA player of the year. We're all rooting for you. You know, five wins from home. And then he does that, you know, just to have his say on the game, that assist, you know, so important. It's one way all the way through the game, Lizzie. As has just been sort of said there by Kiva, you wanted Liverpool to have a little bit more spring, a little bit more thrust. And that's one of the things that Manny brings. The idea that his stride is three, four, five metres long, however long it actually is. <laughs> but it feels when you're watching it like, here we are, now there's a lad who's going from 0 to 60 
in no time at all. Henderson does the same thing through the game with his passing. Kaita does the same thing, the way he takes the ball past people. But it was Mane in the end who offered that. This is a change of pace that Norwich can't live with. Yeah, it was. I think everyone was screaming for him to come on as the game was, the minutes were going by, and it was the it was the perfect substitution. So it's very rare that Mane is is a substitute as well. He offers so much on that left hand side, which isn't just that unbelievable touch and finish that we've seen as well. I think you miss a lot of his game, and I like Oxley Chamberlain, but playing in the front three for him is 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 so different compared to Sadio Mane and what he does. He's an unbelievable footballer, and I think. Sadio Mane was the man who was going to score that goal and the way he took it by the way the, the touch which looked to begin with like it was going away from him but he shifted the way he shifted his weight yeah. to, and, and the strike unbelievable absolutely unbelievable what a goal I think it'll probably be quite an underrated goal really in terms of technique um, and yeah I think we were always going to win it seemed comfortable enough they, they, they threatened a little bit but um, now probably about the right results in the end. Just on that, Lizzie, the idea of we were always going to win, I was beginning to get a little edgy. That we, really? We, we may draw the game. I thought we'd still get a couple of opportunities, but it seemed to me like Liverpool were a little little bit of winter break hangover, a little bit of people not being quite sure where they were, but also there's something to be said here for our opponents. It's mad they're 20th, and I understand yeah. why they're 20th on one hand, but on the other hand, you end up going through that sort of game going, they play pretty well there. We've gone to a lot of places this season and found it much easier than that West Ham yeah. a few weeks ago. And yet, you know, they were always there, always competitive. Not necessarily brilliant, but they're a decent side. They're decent. They are decent, and I don't want. I don't mean that to take away from Norwich. I just mean we had just too much power. I think they did tire quite a bit as well. And you're seeing when, when especially when he made the double change with Fabinho and Mane, the the way that they just dropped like this back five with the three in front. It was just all shutting down. They'd sort of lost the legs a bit. I mean. They're probably really unlucky that that chance that they had, um, they come up against the best keeper in the world. I think if they come up against any other keeper in the Premier League, that's a goal. I think, but they were up against Alison Becker, who, who pulls off an unbelievable save. So yeah, you could you could call them unlucky, but I do think we would deserve them. That's not to say that they were bad. I do like the I do like what they're trying to do. I do like the way they try and play football, and they've done it quite well. I think for about what sixty minutes, I think. But, and then they just fell back in. Uh, this is what happens with Liverpool, though. This is this is about that edge that we have physically. It's you can be a good football inside, but if you, you just cannot match us, you, you can't you can't match us. At some point, you're gonna be knackered, and then we make a double change. Fresh legs come on, Sadio Mane comes on and he scores a goal like that. Kiva on that, it is that sort of that feeling that at some point they had to drop. And they did it in the end, 60 minutes to about 78 minutes, it was like, when's the goal going to come? The goal is going to come. When is it going to come? What's it going to look like? It felt more like what's it going to look like than whether or not it's going to be there. Though when you get to 78 minutes, it's around the point you start to worry. Yeah, well, about 75, I said to you upstairs, I was like, they're not not going to score, are they? And it kind of gets to that point where you're like, oh, are they? Are they? But you always believe it because this Liverpool team have obviously shown time and time again, that's what they do. I'll never really believe that this Liverpool team can get beat until they actually get beat. You know, it's sort of that when the referee's whistle blows one day and this Liverpool team have been defeated, that's the only time you can believe it because you just... You now are thinking they're going to be invincible, really, and, you know, centurions as well, so we'll be both for that. Unstoppables is the phrase we're using now, Kiva. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm late to that party, but no, I'm no, definitely... No, no, it's fine. I'm starting the party now. now. The Unstoppables, the, uh, they are the called party. the Unstoppables. OK, the Unstoppables, this is us. I just, I think if you, you know, you think about Norwich, sort of, I think you feel a bit sorry for them in a way. They were running and running and running and we just ran them into the ground, which is what we do. We're, we're so cruel almost. It's like 
it's like table tennis, isn't it? We're just kind of like playing with your prey. I yeah, think it's like it's, an animal playing with the prey. Like, literally, we'll just go that side, then we'll just shift over here, and then we'll just keep shifting, shifting. And there's a patience. At times, you sort of you felt a few passes were rushed, maybe, and that patience was like. But once you sort of know, and you know, of course, Henderson's hitting hope in there, isn't he? Really, he's got the quality to put that ball in, but he's hitting it with hope, and you know that's what we've done all season is hit with hope. But I think the patience we show towards the end of games is just it's the stuff of champions and we're going to be champions aren't we to be honest Paul it's five more wins uh, required now from 12 games five wins required from 12 games a maximum of five <laughs> wins yeah a maximum of five wins required from 12 games this is and this is why when everyone was saying back in even mid-December Pep Guardiola's playing my games and Pep Guardiola was almost going to press conferences going I'm not playing mind games have you seen their record for the last year and a half I'm not playing mind games the idea this side does not take five wins from the remaining 12 games is absolutely fucking nuts it'll take five wins for the next five games I was imagine so um, um, it, it's games like today are the ones I worry about really yeah. um, and I thought there was a touch of complacency first half you even see Van Dijk asleep for, the, for one of the chances and that's that's a uh, that's a rare thing, but um, yeah, five wins, fucking hell. This we were talking about about just winning the title upstairs. You know what a, what a thing that is to talk about, and it, it's not it's not the Liverpool way. This, and I feel like I've been having a little think about it during the break, um, and just when we won the Champions League final and we won it, and there was no real big moment in the game. There was no drama. We got a second minute penalty. Pretty much watch that final back. It's a fucking dreadful game, and there's not there's not much emotion. There's no Liverpool v Dortmund. There's no uh, the way Liverpool do things and have done for the last I don't know how there's long. There's no four 0 against Barcelona in it. And I've sort of I sort of got thinking about it. And it's probably because we were rubbish for a large period, so we we always afforded other teams chances or we couldn't put teams to bed really. And last minute winners were sort of we're from that but this Liverpool team's so good it doesn't I know we've got a late goal here today but it doesn't rely on, on last minute winners to, to get themselves into the thing we're, we're 25 points clear we haven't played a game more today it's the furthest anyone's ever been ahead in the Premier League ever I've seen some fucking good sides and Manchester City are still a, a good side and still going at a reasonable point ratio but Liverpool are ridiculous and it just, just to be where we are with the sort of winning the title with not much emotion and not much, like everyone's just taking this for granted and, and not not in a, not in a bad way. Just in a, yeah, Liverpool are going to win because that's what Liverpool do now. And it's how many games have we played? Twenty six. Twenty six games. Twenty five wins. Who the fuck does that? You know, it's, it's, it's madness. There's Lizzie for me. I've never seen. I said to Steve Graves, you did the hot mic thing, and I was saying to Steve Graves, I've never seen. You want to do the cliche of saying it's 38 cup finals. And I've been saying, I think I've been saying since about 2005, it's 38 cup finals. And I've been saying to everyone, it's 38 cup finals. Just treat it like 38 cup finals and then go from there. And no one you've not felt, certainly not a Liverpool side, but I would say almost any league side that you've ever truly felt they treat it like that. I think this Liverpool side have. And this Liverpool side still do. It's 38 games that you've got to win. Yeah. And you've got to win all 38 of them. They're the rules. It's 38 cup finals, and so far they've played 26 cup finals. They've drawn 25 of them, and they beat the other pricks in the second leg uh, when they came back to Argaff. I've never, ever, ever known anything quite like this. The way they approach every minute of every game is like it's a cup final. The mentality is just, it's incredible. I think we go on about the skill, um, about the wonderful football, 
the pace, but it's the mentality of these players, of every single one of them, by the way, not a first eleven. The fringe players, if you want to call it that, the Adam Lallana who gets called on if he needs to come on every every now and then he comes on and plays a blinder. Beats Everton on his own. Literally, it's 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 incredible and it's it's like they're addicted. It's that saying, isn't it? They're addicted to winning. I think it was James Milner who said it's like a drug to them. I think they can't get enough of it um, and they're, they're loving every second of it. And the reason I'm going to reference it, but uh, I was reading um, Mel Reddy's article on um, with Nagelsmann and he talks the way he talks about Liverpool as a manager and has said like every single manager in world football needs to watch Liverpool and not for the way that they play but he he went on to say it didn't he was like it's that you you can't come out of a game without a win. It was it's win win win. And the way he about talks the about respect it. for Real Madrid and Barcelona, but then he's going, yeah, but fuck them. Have a look at these lads. Yeah, we're the, we're the blueprint now. We're the blueprint for every single side in the world. We're talking about Argentina's manager yeah. said the same. He said, you know, teams and then accept Liverpool. Everyone's talking about Liverpool. I mean, Barcelona has the best player that's ever walked this planet in the team right now but everyone's saying look at Liverpool and what they're doing Lionel Messi watch Liverpool Barcelona watch Liverpool and that's that's the point we're at at the minute well, and it's just mind-blowing the, the, the things we've seen from them in such a, such a short space of time it's harder to say than expected um, is, is is remarkable so it's from being it, 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 it's pure mentality isn't it and the mentality monsters thing is probably the, the truest thing that's ever been said it's who goes 3-0 behind against Barcelona at the new Camp and comes back and wins 4-0? You know, and even even our own fans, and I remember saying in the lead-up to the, the game on shows for the Anfield Raptors going, well, you expect them to score, but they didn't. And Liverpool didn't expect them to score. And you, you hear in the post-match interviews, the likes of Wijnaldum and people even talking in sort of like after the event, saying, yeah, we believed that we could beat Barcelona 4-0. And you're like, how? Because no one does that to Barcelona. And that's... Yeah, we be- we believe we can win every game for the rest of the season, and even in my mind now I'm going, oh, but well, you might slip up. But why? Why would they? Because they haven't so far. Why? Why? There's not been a performance drop, or there's nothing I'm seeing there today. Going, you're not gonna win because they win and then they win and they win. So people keep going, oh yeah, but you've still got City. So fucking what? Since they went the Allianz Arena, they've lost at Napoli, drawn at home to Napoli, lost five nil against Aston Villa uh, when they played the youth side. Mm. Uh, and drawn against Manchester United and either they've won two legged ties in that period or just won football matches directly <laughs> since they went to the Allianz Arena. Mm. They've dropped two Including league, the Champions League dropped, final. Yeah, they've dropped two league points and whilst the, getting and, to a and Champions a Super League Cup final. final and yeah. a Club World Cup final. They've dropped two league points since they went to the Allianz Arena, which by the way feels like it's a year ago because it's almost a year ago. Mm. And it's and it was at Old Trafford and you know Manchester United aren't what they are, but they are our greatest rivals. And I think if that happened, if that game happens today, will Liverpool allow themselves to drop? I think Liverpool allowed themselves to drop two points there that day. And you can sort of say, oh, Adam Lallana gets a late goal and whatnot. There wasn't Liverpool won under so much pressure that they couldn't. If it would have been towards the end of last season, but the ninety-seven points, I'm not sure Liverpool was allowed. But it was bigger picture. Liverpool almost would have gone. We'll take the point and get out of here. Where now they could probably go for the three points with nothing to worry about. Uh, I've got a bit of a theory, Doug. Quick nail for you. So, if you look around Europe's top five leagues at the minute, all of them are so obsessed and the, the psyche of this Liverpool team are affecting them so much that every league you're almost, there's a title race on now. Maybe PSG, I think, are the only ones maybe out in front. Bayern Munich are having to fight off Leverkusen. 
Leipzig, you know, all them teams are coming through. Juventus, I think, Inter Milan are ahead of them Very close, yeah. on the same points. You know, I think, well, Barcelona, Real Madrid are also, you know, fighting it out for yeah. the league. Everyone must, after that Barcelona game, something just switched. And now everyone is looking and I think it's changed world football. This Liverpool team are doing something. Nagelsmann's talking about us. Scaloni's talking about us. Everyone's talking about us. Everyone wants to be us. We are us. This is great. Over to Gareth Roberts, who's at Carrow Road. Not a classic match, not classic conditions for a match. But who gives a shit about all of that? The Reds have won again. Another step towards what is obviously the Reds winning the league. Sadio Mane comes on, he changes the tempo of what Liverpool are doing. He scores the goal, he makes the difference, and Liverpool have won again. The Reds, they were all here in this end, they were all singing and over Manchester. That's what Manchester needs to do, because this league is won. Liverpool have done it again. It was horrible out there, it was windy, it was squally, there was a storm. Dennis brought a storm. Norwich brought all of their defenders, they put everyone behind the ball. Liverpool eventually found a way and they've done it again. What a side, what a squad, what a season of the fucking Reds. Great there from Gareth. Um, Lizzie. In terms of focusing on this game, obviously Liverpool have to get through it. First half, they are the better side, but in order to get that breakaway, the goalkeeper is just remarkable in that moment. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was, as far as I was concerned, I was watching that and in my head I'd, I'd conceded the goal, but Alisson hadn't. I think everyone on the pitch, well actually no, because they we all have belief in him, but I tell you what, I think it was you Paul that said every other keeper would be down by that mm-hmm. point. But the, magic, the anticipation <laughs> and it's just, I, I don't really have any words to, to describe it. I feel like we're, we're so used to Alison making these saves now. Um, was that the one that Van Dijk got caught out as well? Mm-hmm. Was that, it was, wasn't it? Um, there was no one there. There He's was asleep. only the keeper. Mm-hmm. Again, it was, it reminded me, not 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 necessarily the actual, um, the way it was taken, but it reminded me of the situation with Tottenham last season. You know where he had to, it was just the goalie and two players in front of him. And he basically showed Sissoko, went with Son and went, have a go. And that's an unbelievable piece of goalkeeping without making a save, do you know what I mean? But And it was it was him V2. And he basically did, he went, go on, pass it to me, but tell your mate to get round me. And he didn't. He's amazing. An incredible wingspan. I think his arms are actually longer than his legs and torso <laughs> put together. I don't know. How did he scoop that away? I was the same as Lizzie. I conceded and it's kind of like, it's almost a nice feeling in a mad way because you know, like you're already at peace with the goal. You're kind of like, oh, they've scored. But then this amazing fella with the most beautiful hair that was I think the wind was more enjoyable just because we got us to see his hair blowing in the wind a little bit. Um, which I feel I th- exactly the same. I was going to say. Filthy. I mean, yeah. it, <laughs> it, it was you that was talking about it more than me. Um, and then he just scoops that out of nowhere. And I think that was really Norwich's only chance. I can't remember much else happening because, you know. Well, in a mad way, they do it the post. But yeah. Oh, oh that was mad, actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, they did it with I the mean, post, but that was that was chaotic. Did he mean to? No, no, that, so that was chaotic. When it was that it's moment... It's a goal, you know. They should uh, score. Any other, go- any other goalkeeper in the league, that's a goal. And sort of what Lizzie was talking about with my point earlier was a goalkeeper goes to ground there and the fact he's he's so low down, he's almost his ass is almost on the floor, but he's still on his feet. <coughs> Excuse me, but the, um, the, the sheer presence of the man and... Agility, 
you don't get. But also, gamesmanship. I think it's it, this is part of how oh, active in he is in the game. But also, he's just in the game, so it's not as though like it's like yeah, you have got feet and your feet are really good, but I've got my arms and my feet. My feet are great, but wait to see what my arms. What? You know what I mean? It's almost like he's it's like he's live beyond belief. What what what's different about him is you normally get two styles of goalkeeper. You normally get a really big, tall goalkeeper, which is a box dominator. Um, yeah, it can be not not. Then you get your slightly shorter goalkeeper, which is more of a shot stopper, more agile, the, the traditional cat, if you know what I mean. That's sort of where it comes from. He's combined both. He, he for a fellow of of his size, width, stature, as Kiva says, his wingspan to sort of be able to to do what he does and be as agile as he is 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 unprecedented for me. I don't remember any goalkeeper who sort of combined both styles of goalkeepers so well. For him to do that and. It's it's only one moment in a football game, but it's it's talking about a goalkeeper that's setting new heights in terms of playing a goal for Liverpool. He is ridiculous. There's no there's there's not a conversation for me around Clemens Grobler, whoever you think it is, who's the best goalkeeper to ever play for this club. It's him. It's him by a mile in the same way that Virgil Van Dijk's is the best centre half. I think people have something to say about that with well, with Clemens. We didn't watch Clemens, so to be fair, and he was at the club for years and years. I think Clemens is hard to argue against. No, I'm not having it. It's him. Uh, it's, it, it's him. It, it's an, another another level of what we're seeing. I mean, we're t- that that there today is ridiculous, but it's also big saves against Na- Napoli, which eventually wins you the Champions League final. He's going to come in to this club at a period. He's barely conceded a goal in two and a half months. But it's also a period where this, he comes in, coupled with Van Dijk, yes, but I'm talking about him in isolation. Comes into the club and we haven't won anything for fucking donkey's years, anything of note, and all of a sudden it's a Champions League, it's a Premier League. It could even be a Premier League and a Champions League. The the problem I, I keep using the reference and I don't know if I've said it on the show and Anfield rap shows, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. It's like playing fucking Sonic or something, and you get through all the level and you get past the boss who's Van Dyke and then there's the big boss at the end of it and you just can't beat them. It's the the levels you've got to go through to a really in, a, a pressing forward line, then into a really industrious midfield, then two ridiculously good centre halves coupled with the two best full backs in the world, and then him. What a team! What a team! Um, across the board there, uh, Paul's very fair, Lizzie. The other one to point out, I think, over the course of the game, um, well, there's two actually in centre midfield. I think both Henderson and Kaita play really well. Kaiser's what you want. He goes on that run first half where he just eases, takes four people out the game. It's it's terrific football. Um, Henderson creates the goal. There's another three or four times where you see him just quicken it, and I think that's the thing about Henderson and Kaiser tonight. You saw them both quicken it when it needs to be quickened. Yeah, it was interesting actually when when I saw the team sheets and I saw that he put Kaiser in um, over Fabinho, and then the comments pre-match as well were interesting when I was watching it, and he said basically said Fabinho's being rusty and hasn't found rhythm. And to throw Kiter in, he said he, he he was impressed by him in training, and I I just think Klopp really fancied him, and he looked good. He I think did Klopp fancies him full stop. I think Klopp really wants, he wants to see him, him in, him, doesn't yeah. he? He does. He wants him in, and I think against Norwich, I I said this, um, I, I said this before the match. I said I don't think uh, you really should be playing Fabinho against Norwich, bottom of the table, as good as they are trying to play football. I think he he wouldn't have been the right decision. To begin with, but Naby, he was he was finding space, and I think in the first half we were all saying it upstairs. He, he looked the most likely, he looked the one that was on the ball the most. He looked the one that was going to break them down. He looked like the one who was going to do something. Um, and especially second half, and they actually gave us more space. He was just picking it up, and his, his head was up, and he was off. Um, he, he's great, and I just hope he can pull 
a run together now. I really, really do. I think everyone was impressed with him. Klopp will be impressed with him. think it will give him a bit of a headache going into Atletico. I, I, I will say that I think he has to consider Naby Keita now. And I think Naby Keita needs momentum as well. Uh, momentum does really well for him. But yeah, and then Jordan Henderson was 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 great again. A little bit rusty at times, but so was everyone back off the break. Um, and I absolutely love him in that position. And I've said it a million times, but he's, he's just unreal. I, I was one of the the biggest doubters on Kaiser in terms of one of the ones to sort of call yeah I'm worried I'm worried about him I've, ne- I've never sort of ruled him out because you can see he's clearly got ability but the injuries were frustrating and some of the performances I thought it, it, it didn't have enough character to play alongside some of the, f- the footballers we've got at the club I think what we're seeing from him now is what we've what we've bought him for he's just got to keep fit because it's so frustrating that I keep having these periods of excitement about Kaiser and then he's missing and then there's another one like the run up into where he gets injured in the Barcelona game he's the best player on the pitch until he goes off in the Barcelona away game um, I, I want I want it to work for him and it's, it's it's a lovely headache to have whether Wijnaldum Henderson uh, Fabinho and Keiter fit them four into three it's a total class problem isn't it it's like every single one of them is so good but only three of them can play it's not even it's one from two of all right. It's one from two from very, very good. He he offers something different that, that that any of the other three haven't got, though. And I think in terms of a perfectly balanced midfield, I think long-term you might see it be Henderson, Keiter and Fabinho. Um, because I think everything you're seeing from him is really what he wants from Oxlade-Chamberlain in terms of driving with the ball but doing it intelligently. The thing is, his goal return is, is equal, if not better, and his goals to game ratio with with um, Oxley Chamberlain. What as about well. him looking after it the way for B, uh, Wijnaldum looks after it? That's the key question. Well, that's I'd it, say. isn't it? So th- there'll be t- there will be times for Wijnaldum, but that could be at someone else's expense, or it could be at for Nab- it, As I'm saying, this is a, this is a brilliant problem. But in terms of us dominating football matches, I think he is maybe one, especially away from home in this sort of fixture, that'll shine. I mean, you don't buy a player for fifty million and wait for them for the year, do you? If you're not gonna, you know, have some belief in them and their ability, and I think Klopp does have that. It's kind of like similar to sort of the Marco Gruich, like he's not ready to let him leave just yet. Mm. Maybe you'll see him leave in the summer, but Klopp does have an attachment, and I think he must be seeing things from him in training that we see on them runs that he does, you know, before that Barcelona game and he gets injured. I think the the crushing thing with him before the game, I felt like. Well, the whole couple of weeks, you know, now he's back fit. You're kind of thinking, for Naby, he needs to just stay till the end of the season now with no injuries and just because I think he'll be in that midfield because when he does have them runs, he's in everyone's forefront. He's on the team sheet alongside Fabinho, maybe then Henderson and Alden sort of rotate. But I think he needs to do that now just for long, but obviously he is injury prone and that is the worry with him. OK, uh, man of the match, Paul? Um probably Kaiser. Um okay. yeah probably Kaiser. there's so many other uh decent performances there's no there's no 10 out of 10s here but I thought you know you could you could give it to Salah uh, who's on a similar level to Kaiser. Henderson in patches was really good and obviously puts the ball Mane obviously his goal is the winning it wins the game and then Allison but I think overall in terms of when we when we were looking unlikely to get a goal I thought it looked like Keita who was going to unlock it most so yeah Keita for me Kira? Yeah I'm agreeing Naby definitely um, yeah. outstanding even though he goes off and then we score but still he's at the forefront of your mind for man of the match Okay uh, Lizzie? 
I'm going to go Sadio. I'm going to go Mane. I think uh, without him being on the pitch, I don't know if that if that would have happened. So um, it was an ext- it was an extremely important goal. And even though he was on the pitch for what twenty minutes, it was a great twenty minutes. Okay, uh, great stuff across the board. Listen, very very quickly. Lots of people are asking us about the Man City thing and if we're going to do a show or not. And we're not just yet. And the reason why is we're going to take a bit of a breath and assess it. The manager uh, post match is asked about the Manchester City situation. He says this. Uh, it was a shock when it came out. Wow. The only thing I can say is I'm a football coach, and what Man City did when I'm in England is exceptional, absolutely exceptional. About all the rest, I have no idea. I can imagine it is really difficult for the sports people to understand. I really feel for Pep and the players. Just very quickly on this, what I think is really important in general is that there's Manchester City footballers and Manchester City supporters who, for instance, last season went to Burnley away and watched them graft, absolutely graft, to get a 1-0. And as part of that, they went on and watched them get a 1-0 at home against Leicester City. My thing about all of this is that we can take whatever view we all want to take around the way in which they ended up where they got to Manchester City. But the thing is this, people have their lived realities, and their lived realities were Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling dragging a football team towards something. Their lived realities were Vincent Kompany blamming one in from 25 yards. Live realities matter, and if you want to convince people that things were wrong, what you don't get to do is piss all over their lived realities. The fact of the matter is this, that what Manchester City may have done may or not have been wrong over the long run, and you will all know what I think about that. I've got many sentences on that, but what matters is the way in which people live football teams and live football seasons. Last season's season, from a Manchester City point of view, matters. They lived a battle against Liverpool, they won it. They won the battle. Liverpool have won the war. They find themselves played 26, won 25, drawn one. You know why? Because they wanted to be better than Manchester City. They wanted to rub Manchester City's face into the dirt. That's what Liverpool have done. Manchester City were tremendous last season. This season, Liverpool are in a stratosphere beyond them. Sports Social Podcast Network.